0: Welcome back to the Dad Ventures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Binoff, and this is episode number six. Uh, for anyone, of course, that is new to our show, the Dad Ventures Podcast is a bi weekly podcast about our lives as dads and some of the things that we've learned along the way. On our last episode, we talked about money uh, how money basically runs everything that we do and what we're doing to help pass on good tips and money habits to our kids and, you know, even different ways that we've learned as adults to be better with our money. Um, so we did not bring an episode to you guys last week. We apologize for that. We've had, I guess I've had things going on in my personal life that did not allow, uh, for recording last week. Um, and not necessarily related to coronavirus or any of that kind of stuff. Um, And we may talk about that a little bit tonight uh, on the show, but we don't, you know, of course we we do want to keep encouraging everyone, you know, stay home if absolutely necessary, uh, or unless absolute necessary, I should say, and keep taking all the prevention measures that you possibly can to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. All right. So a little bit there at the top, let's get that out of the way. Let's bring in Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing? How have things been? I know it's been a little while since we've talked. Um, how are you guys? Are you guys still managing everything okay?
1: Yeah, we're doing we're doing really well over here still. It has been, seems like, ages since we talked, actually. Um, I was thinking about it last week and was wondering if everything was going all right. And uh, you said you had some stuff come up, and um, so we had to roll with it, which... Part of being a dad and um, having families, and of course during this time we we're living in now, you know everything kind of gets a little crazy. So uh, we had to postpone it a week, but we're back. I'm ready to talk to you. We're ready to catch up. We're ready to see how you're holding up as a dad and quarantine still. And I mean, like I said, uh, we're doing good over here. Really, very little changed for us throughout this whole process. Um, I still had work. Um, Allie's back at work now. She was started work again um, towards the end of not last week, but the week before. So, we're basically just trucking along as we have been, and seeing what gets thrown at us. So, really, the only thing I'm missing is sports and uh, golf. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I know you guys have a quite a bit different situation over there with working from home and having a few more kids in the house and a few more active kids in the house. So uh, how are you guys doing? What's new over there?
0: Yeah, like you said, as in terms of being at home, and all of that, not much has changed there. I am, of course, still at home, I will be until at least the 4th of May. I highly expect that to be extended. And even if it, even if my company does decide that we can go back to the office, they've sent us email saying that they are doing things to help mark off like six feet in within the building. There's only so much that you can do, especially in an office type environment where yeah. people are within feet of each other all day long or in an elevator or stairwell or in the break room or whatever. I think it's... I think it's highly likely that we're not going back here in a couple weeks. Erin's um, still working. Uh, they, she took a voluntary cut of hours at work. Uh, they're looking at possibly doing more cutting. Um, so we've got the financial burden of that. Now, we did get our stimulus check, which was, which was nice. Um, that's gonna help. Uh, we have not filed our taxes yet. Thanks to the uh, the extension that was given. Uh, so looking at that, we're probably gonna just going to wait as long as we can, given Aaron's current work situation. Um, and all the kids have started back to school. Uh, well, digital school, I should say. Um, right. M- Molly was already doing all of her classes online previously. Now the boys have uh, instruction. Um They have, the schools have put out plans for daily activities for the kids to do. Uh, For the older kids, for Alex, it's no more than an hour a day. And he has a check in with his teacher like once a week over like Google Meet or Google Hangouts, whatever you want to call it. And then Logan has a daily 30-minute session with his teacher. Um, They go over a few things, you know, counting by, the other day it was like counting by 10s. And then working on the calendar, stuff like that. Nice. Uh, and then there is a service out there called Google Classroom uh, where the teachers can go and put activities out there for the kids to do. And if asked that we try to do them, if, you know, if we can, some of them, especially for like Logan are like creative type things that he can do. And the teachers wants to take pictures of them and send them to them via an app called blooms uh, that the teachers use uh, at least at his school anyway. And then um, they're also encouraging the use of uh, things like IXL, ABC Mouse, even the PBS Kids Games app because that has learning opportunities in there as well. So, yeah, managing all that around my work schedule and uh, our wonderful Internet service here in town. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been another um, change that has to be uh, adapted to.
1: So going back, backing up a little bit, uh, you guys haven't filed your taxes yet. Are are you holding off because you're expecting to get something back and you want to wait or you're expecting to have to pay and you want to postpone that, that, uh, that nastiness as long as you can?
0: Yeah. So I, I I ran the taxes the other day um, and it definitely came back to what we owe um, federal anyway, or no owe state, um, same situation as last year. We we've been going, uh, through debt consolidation. And so because mm-hmm. of that, we get a, a 1099, we got one last year and this year. And with what that basically says is that they're counting the, the written off debt, um, as income. Income. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, we went from everything was fine with our taxes. We we're gonna get money back, both state and federal, and then threw that in there. Ended up having to owe, oh, but I think this is the last year that we're gonna have to put that in. So gotcha. I think that'll I think that'll help. But um, even with that, uh, it was better than it was last year. Um, so we've got the money to cover the taxes. It, it's sitting there waiting. You know, we've we've been trying to put aside a little bit. You know with what we can. So, I mean, we've got money sitting in savings. Um, we're, we we want to pay it, but again, given Aaron's work situation and that it could potentially um, be fewer hours for her than what she's already getting. Right. Um, you know, we, we definitely want to try to stretch our money as far as we possibly can. So, you know, that, like I said, the stimulus check came in, which is really nice. Uh, we ended up getting uh, $3,400 yeah um, because both of us and then two kids, mm-hmm. so that yeah that sitting there is uh has definitely been a help and so yeah it, it's we had plans this year that I was gonna you know be able to stop doing my my side jobs and things like that, and this has all kind of thrown a wrench into it, and I may now actually have to do more than I was doing previously, so yeah it's definitely it's definitely uh changed things a bit. Uh, as far as what our expectations were for the year and for what uh, we were hoping to do this year.
1: So speaking of your side jobs, um, I imagine the food delivery industry is, I, I believe, from my understanding, it's its kind of booming. Um, are you taking advantage of that, or have you been able to do that at all the last couple weeks, or with everything going on, are you having to stay home?
0: Um, no, I've been going out and doing it. Um, even prior to this, I was only driving two nights a week, generally Friday and Saturday nights, uh, for about five hours, give or take. And I was bringing, uh, you know, I wasn't really like pushing what I could do. Um, ever since I got involved with Grubhub, that's the only app that I've been using and cause it just, it pays more than the other services. And so, I was making around, you know, $150, 200 dollars a weekend in, in two nights, you know, so about fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour, which isn't bad. Well, since this has started, um, or really since the since the uh, the lockdown went into place, I hadn't really been driving at for as long, like I would, uh, you know, I, we because we thought again we thought we were in a good place, you know, even at the beginning of it, you know, we were both working full time, so I was, make, you know, I was making, you know, going out making a hundred dollars a weekend, you know, coming home and hanging out, and and uh, but no, you're absolutely right, it is booming. Like for I didn't drive for three of the past three out of four nights that I typically would have were the past two weeks, and then this past weekend I went out and I made. Um, nearly three hundred dollars in two nights, in around Man. nine hours. Yeah, so it's definitely been uh been better, a heck of a lot better. Like there were there been some nights where I'm making thirty plus dollars an hour doing food delivery, and that's I mean that's before taking into account gas. Yeah. But I mean, I filled up my car for eleven dollars the other day, so you know i'll, I'll take almost three hundred dollars and pay you know eleven dollars for gas any yeah, for day sure. so yeah. but no it, it's definitely been busy um and, but there's been a change in that too like some of the re- different restaurants are doing things differently uh you know since uh, you know we can't go in, people can't go in and sit down, so some of them have lines as to where you wait most of them a lot of them now will just bring the food out to you or they have designated areas uh, inside the restaurant. So like BJ's here in town, uh, for any regular customer, you can go and pick up your food if you want, and you go through their to-go entrance, but for Mm -hmm. the delivery drivers, you go in through the main entrance to keep you separated from anybody else. And then they have the, the tables broken down by service, like DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, whatever. And you just go and find your order, pick it up, and go. Nice. And so it just, it just depends on the restaurant, but no, it's definitely been busier, um, here in the past week, uh, early on it wasn't as busy or maybe I just wasn't being, I don't know, I, I don't know what's the word, um, uh, like pushy enough as far as what I was doing. But one thing also that I've done is I, I've gotten very picky about the orders that I take and so, like, if it pays less than like ten dollars, I won't. I generally won't even bother with it. Mm-hmm. Um, this past weekend, though, Grubhub had a had a bonus opportunity where if you did so many hours Friday, Saturday, Sunday on any combination of those, like if I did th- three hours one night, I had a fifty percent acceptance rate or higher, I would get a fifty dollar bonus. If nice. I did it two nights, I would get a seventy five dollar bonus. So yeah, so I ended up it'll be ended up being like $350 for like nine hours worth of driving this week. So, you know, okay. I, of course, you know, it's not taxed, but still it's not anything to sneeze at. Even if I, even if you take out, you know, 20, 25% for taxes.
1: Yeah. We, we finally, for the first time used, oh, I think it's DoorDash. I think it's Door DoorDash that we have down mm-hmm. here in Los Linus, Um Cause we have. not for the longest time, we didn't have anything down here, and then. Um, but I will say that we have used it. I want to say twice, and both times, uh, there's been mistakes. <laughs> so, the first yeah. one, the first one was good. We got our food. We got what we ordered, um, but the driver had come back uh, because it wouldn't let him close out for some reason. So we had to take a picture of the food. And uh, we had already ate the food, so we we just took a picture of the boxes, and uh, he said that that was fine. Had a problem. I had gotten a call from DoorDash uh, that I didn't answer because I didn't recognize the number. Uh, mm-hmm. But we finally they finally called back and made sure we got our food. We said yeah, everything was fine. And then the other one uh, we ordered from Applebee's, I believe, and uh, they were missing our sides of fries and Allie wanted something that wasn't on or she didn't want something on the burger and it came on the burger and we just had a few mistakes there. But um, it's uh, we thought that this process would help us not eat out as much and it has to an extent, but it hasn't stopped us from eating out as much as I thought it would. Um, yeah. Which for the most part, if we're eating somewhere local, uh, I don't mind that um, because I know some businesses are – some local restaurants are struggling a little bit more than um, others, so I don't mind helping them out. But it's a—it's uh, weird how I don't know about you guys, uh, and it might just be me and our situation. How it hasn't changed as much as some, but uh, we feel—I feel like we slipped into a normality with this current situation a lot faster than I expected us to as far as just like our everyday lives. Um, But I think that's partially because, like I said, it hasn't really changed all that much in our everyday lives. Um, Have you guys felt like a sense of normalcy in the last week or so? I know you had a hectic week last week, so maybe it hasn't hit that way for you. But uh, what have you guys thought about? Have you fallen into certain grooves and started to figure things out a little bit or... Are you still just kind of chaos?
0: Um, I would say that we have figured out things for the most part. Um, You know, for me, it's still very strange to not get up and leave the house every day. Now, I did used to be a a full-time telecommuter, uh, but that changed over a year ago. It's been probably a a year and a half, getting closer to two years now that I haven't been a full-time telecommuter. Um, so yeah, for me, it's definitely still very strange. And then of course, you know, while I'm working, you know, I have to get uh, the kids going on their school stuff. And and so I don't even just working from home, like I don't have like a set routine really, because I do have these interruptions and things that I do have to do. And that's not to say that, you know, i not to say it's a problem, but you know, it, it definitely, adds a wrinkle to every day.
1: Uh, You said uh, briefly earlier, uh, talking about your internet, is that that causing, because I'm assuming that the kids all have, have to have internet access as well, and I know you have it for work. Um, So the the broadband not keeping up with everything over there, are you guys doing okay?
0: It has its moments. Um, So like right now, it is perfectly fine. You know, it's just me awake. You know, Aaron may still be awake back in the room, you know, watching YouTube or Instagram or something, um, or maybe, you know, as, as other streaming service. But during the day, there are definitely hiccups, um, you know, because like I said, Logan and, and Alex have to do Google Meet with their teachers, um, Logan every day, um, Alex, I think once a week. Molly's classes are fully online. Sometimes she does. I think she does Google Meets with her teachers as well, sometimes on a daily basis. So there are definite things that go on. Um, I know that when Erin has been home during the day with her current schedule, she hasn't been streaming as much. Um, but we just made the decision yesterday to go ahead and switch over to the Evil Empire uh, to, to change our service. So just because i you know we tried getting i even tweeted it uh, at CenturyLink. i said look we're in the middle of albuquerque there's no reason that you cannot offer more than you know 20 megs download and i even ran a speed test and we're you know most of the time we get like 17 18 which is amazing considering what we're paying for um, cuz i there was i read an article one time that said basically you should expect like a 10% uh, 10% drop off um even though it says up to 20 megs, you know, expect a 10 10 uh, drop off in your actual speed. So our speed test is running pretty well, but yeah, we're switching over to Comcast uh, to hopefully alleviate some of these issues. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a little more expensive, um, but we we think it'll be beneficial. And then of course, you know, once Aaron goes back to work, um, you know, it, it shouldn't be. As big of a deal because right now it works out to like four dollars more a month, uh, for basically five times the internet speed Dang. that we're getting with uh, yeah that we're getting with uh, CenturyLink. Um, it's after that first year that's where Comcast starts to get you, um, because it goes up to I think like seventy dollars a month after that. So,
1: so with Alex, uh, how are you guys? Are you still going back and forth with his mom and and uh, is she? holding up. Okay. Over there. Do you know anything like, uh, is that situation changed at all or are you guys still holding steady with every, what is it? Every, every other week.
0: Yeah. Every other Monday and then, uh, every other weekend. Um, yeah, nothing's changed as far as that goes still going back and forth. Um, we're basically following our, our summer schedule. So the way our custody agreement is written is that, um, uh, it's, uh, every other f- weekend thursday through monday morning we get him after school starting on that thursday so during you know during the school year that'd be like 3 30 um, on those days and the same for those the the odd monday that we have them it's after school until a certain time uh during the summer and during uh like winter break and stuff like that we we've just kind of agreed you know do noon a noon pickup because you know there's no reason that since there is no school, like it doesn't make sense to wait until three 30 in the afternoon to go pick them up. Right. So yeah, I've been p- still just following basically following our summer schedule with that. Um, uh, she, his mom is a, a front considered a frontline worker. She's a pharmacist. Um, so, I mean, she's still working. Um, I, and as far as I know, they're doing fine. I haven't really had any like conversations with them about it. Um, but I think just like everyone else, like they're trying to adapt to everything as well. So, but yeah, I mean, nothing's changed. Like it, that's going fine. Um, you know, it, it's just, like I guess I had some personal stuff last week. You know, I mentioned to you prior to the show, like my grandmother was admitted to the hospital and, and stuff like that. So, and then given her age and her health history, like there's a definite concern that, um, it could be worse than what it was. Um, so for, fortunately, and this is going to sound weird, but fortunately, it was confirmed pneumonia. <laughs> um, they're still waiting for the COVID test, but she hasn't had a fever in almost forty-eight hours. So yeah, and they've got a, a, a procedure they have to do tomorrow. But I mean, all things considered, um, it, it's been it's she's been okay. Uh, she is still in isolation, so no one can get in to see her. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just been, you know, I, I think it's it's strange, you know, like my wife is technically a frontline worker, even though she doesn't work at a hospital, she does work in a you know at a pediatric office. My parents are nurses and and a pharmacist. So yeah, having that concern as well. But I mean, so far everything has been fine for everybody. No one's come up sick, no one's you know, had to miss any time. So it's been it's been good.
1: So with um, so much, so much that I, since we haven't talked, I I have so much uh, running through my head, but I guess I'll start with, um, do you fear getting sick with this? Like, is it, like, if you go to the store, do you, have you found yourself thinking um, what happens if I get sick? Am I going to be okay if I get sick? Or is, is the actual sickness itself, as when it, as it pertains to your body and your personal health, has that been kind of seconded to, you know, just the regular chaos that the sickness has actually caused?
0: I think for me personally, it's more. So if I, if I go out and I get sick, I get sick. I can only take so many precautions. Um, I don't fear getting sick. Um, most of the data that's out there that I've read um, and, and understood is that it's not as likely to to have serious effects on someone around our age. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I, I take all the precautions that I can. Uh, for me, it's more what what worries me the most is the is that when I'm out doing, you know. Grubhub or whatever or when we go out to the store I see all these people that aren't taking any sort of precautions whatsoever Mm -hmm. Um, we went to Sam's Club over the weekend and we tried to go first thing in the morning and the line was around the building basically to get in we ended up going back later It didn't take as long as we thought it would to get in we got in got our stuff Um, and that experience was pretty much fine for the most part I didn't see anyone like grouped up or you know Um, In most cases, they were wearing a mask of some sort or something. Side
1: tangent, when you go to Sam's Club, do you use their Scan and Go app? And if you don't, why not? Because I tell you, it is a game changer for us to know that we just have to go in there. We can grab it, scan it on our phone once we have everything in the cart. You just slide to pay, and then you skip past all the lines. Well, you have to, still have to get in line for them to actually, like, check your stuff at the door, but mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about checkout. So if you're not doing that, I highly suggest you do. But please tell me you are, or at least considering it now. Yeah? Judging yeah, them, I, I, it. I,
0: yeah, no, we hadn't used it um, before. I think it's more um, beca- because we've always – generally whenever we, we go out, like – stores generally have something that scans wrong. I'm sure you guys have experienced to do like something scans wrong or whatever. And, and we stuff. really haven't with that app. It's been yeah. I, I I tell you what
1: I we've been using it for oh probably like three years, two or three years mm-hmm. now almost every time we go in there and I've very rarely had a problem um, with anything. In fact, I can't remember a time that I've personally had a problem with it. I think Allie has once and I think her grandparents have had once one issue, one issue, but I've never really had a problem with it. And especially during everything that's going on right now, there was a time I went like back in that second week of March when all this really broke and the lines at Sam's club were ridiculous, but I was in and out of there 20 minutes.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, we'll definitely have to start using that. I mean, generally when we've gone to Sam's, Prior to all this, we just did the the club pickup, so we didn't have to worry about going through the store. You know? yeah, that's
1: an option too. Um,
0: so I I know that we've tried to order things recently, but we haven't been able to because I think Aaron said it's like a two week wait or something. Yeah, it's order. crazy. Yeah, yeah, because
1: we've done we've started to do that a little bit before all this stuff happened, and ever since it happened, it's been almost impossible to get a time slot to get an availability to go pick it up so we just do the scan and go and get in and get out as fast as we can
0: yeah well I'll have to talk to her about that Well, I think that's a great idea definitely something that we should probably be doing um, but yeah it's just it, it's just been crazy like um, I actually had to go out on Easter Easter morning um, because we we had done an Easter egg hunt uh, here at the house for the kids I don't know if you guys did anything for for Easter or not but we did we um, did um we did a Easter egg hunt and what we did was here at the house we did it at night and we stuck they had they make Easter egg sized glow sticks. Oh, cool. And so we stuck those in the eggs and we hid them out in the yard and waited until after dark and the kids could go find them. And of course, you know, they were all lit up because of the glow sticks. Well uh Logan ha was telling us, Oh, we're gonna have an Easter egg hunt at at, at, at his oma's house because the Easter is gonna go there too. And we hadn't planned on that at all, you know, especially because we were going to have family over. We were all going to go over there, and it was going to be, you know, more than five people together. And we, you know, of course, we didn't want to get in any sort of trouble for for that. And so, um, but we decided, okay, well, we'll go and buy a little thing of eggs just for him because we didn't have Alex uh, for Easter, uh, at least not on Easter Sunday, anyway. And so, we went to Walgreens, which is basically completely empty on a Sunday morning. Went over to Walmart because the Walgreens didn't have anything, Walmart. And, you know, I told Aaron, I said, look, I said, this is ridiculous. Like I'm making a conscious effort to not go near anybody, you know, to not walk within six feet, to not try to go down. If I see someone standing there looking at something, you know, stand back away from them. But so many people I saw just didn't care. They would walk, walk right up behind you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, people just, go away, like back off, like show a little courtesy. Like you can wait a minute for these 99 cent eggs, you know? Um, That's my concern with all of this is that other people aren't taking it seriously enough. Like even now, like when I go out driving for for my job or you know, Aaron and I were coming back from somewhere the other day and, oh, I know what it was. We tried to go by. To, we went to, before we, as I mentioned, we went to Sam's. We actually went to both of them here in town. One on Renaissance and the other over on Eubank. And both of them, the, the lines were just as bad. But coming back, that, that park right there at Eubank and I-40, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? It's got the the, yeah. the baseball field. I think it's Los Altos, right? Mm-hmm. People are out there playing baseball and congregating at the dog park and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you people are just being dumb with all of this. <laughs> So that that's my concern. Like, if I get sick, I get sick. But if, if it's due to people not taking precautions, that's where that's where my concern is. I mean, I really haven't left the house much at all. Uh, other than you know the occasional run to the store to get Alex, but yeah, I, there's only I know there's only so much I can do. No matter no matter what happens.
1: Yeah, I I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I like I said, I haven't stopped working through all of this and. Granted, my work isn't uh, – apparently it's essential. Um, and actually, I, I do believe that what we're doing is uh, right and obeying the laws and everything like that, even if it's not um, something that you would necessarily classify as essential. Um, but the way our business operates, uh, we don't have a showroom or anything like that for people to come in and look at carpet or anything like that. So I have very little contact with anybody – aside from the three or four other guys that are in our office and then the six or so installers that we have. So I feel fairly confident that all of them are doing what they can to not put themselves at more risk, uh, like outside of work, like going to the store and gathering with family and stuff like that. Um, So I feel, feel fairly safe and, and fairly um, secure in the fact that I, I don't think I'm going to get sick. And even if I do, uh, like you mentioned, it's not really affecting, seriously affecting uh, people in our age range. Uh, as long as you don't have a pre-existing condition, which I don't, um, my wife doesn't. So, I think the fear, the fear that I think most parents might have, and and thank God that um, this virus isn't really attacking kids. Um, but still, you don't want you you never want to see your kids get sick, even if it's mild. Um, so, kind of there. I'm a little worried that I would bring something back, but uh, nobody that we know, nobody that we come in contact with has had anybody that's tested positive or anything like that. So I'm not super worried about it at the moment. Um, And it's kind of hard. It makes this weird balance where because I'm not worried about it and because I haven't uh, dealt with it kind of on the front lines of it, you know, I'm, I find myself getting really fed up with everything, all the closures and stuff that's going on. Um, but then I turn around and I, I've mentioned that uh, my grandma lives next door, and uh, you know she's eighty-four, um, still in fairly good health, but she's still eighty-four. Um, so that would be my biggest fear is is giving it to her. And every time I find myself kind of being like, "All right, I'm done with," you know, I want to go out to eat and sit down in a restaurant. I want to go to a United Game so very badly. I want to be able to watch a basketball game on TV. Um, the, the Masters was canceled. The Masters. like the This is the one week of the year, like Masters week, basically, because you have opening week for baseball right around the same time. You've got the Masters. You've got the weather changing outside. You've got playoff basketball right around the corner. You've got playoff hockey right around the corner. You have the NFL draft coming up. You have soccer in full swing and it's like that's like the week of the year that i'm most stoked for every year and uh to it's very trivial i understand it's very you know especially if you're not a sports guy or a sports person you're like that sounds ridiculous who why would you care about that but the fact of the matter is i am a sports guy i've been a sports guy my whole life and that week of the year meant means a lot to me and it was taken away um and that really sucks. So there's times when I feel myself getting angry and like, okay, I'm over all of this junk, these restrictions and stuff. And I have to remind myself, yes, you might not get sick. And even if you do, it's probably not going to hurt you. Same with the rest of my family that's in my house. But my grandma, who's, you know, a hundred yards east of us is a different story. Um, and I have to remind myself about that and remind myself to kind of take it a little more seriously and be a little more patient and stuff like that. Um, but people are getting antsy. I can definitely tell, like, are you guys kind of chomping at the bit? Have you guys, um, have you guys gone anywhere as a family, um, outside of the house, whether it's just for a drive or, or anything like that just to get the kids
0: out? Um, so I wasn't sure if we were, if I was going to mention this or not, but, um, a few almost a month ago now, we actually, uh, went, did take a family trip. Um, we went down, uh, we rented a cabin, literally a, a, mo- an hour away from any sort of, uh, actual town. So, uh, we, were, we were we were there, um, just spending time as a family, basically just getting away for a while. Um, because at that point, we'd already been in these lockdowns for, I don't know, a couple weeks, basically. Um, and other is, than that, this is, go ahead.
1: the trip itself wasn't necessarily planned, but your vacation time was yes. planned for work. So you already were going to be off. So it's not like it was like okay, we've been in quarantine for two weeks. Let's take some time off work. Yeah. The time off work was already planned, and then you decided, since you couldn't do your original yeah. plan, which I believe was to go to Arizona and see your guys's,
0: your family, right? Yeah, go, yeah, my family was going to meet us out there originally in Phoenix. We were going to go see the Braves play the Diamondbacks, and, and uh, I might have been able to talk uh, my family into going to a Phoenix Rising match uh, while we were out there. But, yeah, no, the, yeah because of um, the custody arrangement that we have, uh, we get... I get two vacation weeks with Alex every year, seven days uninterrupted. And so we'd have this week planned since like, you know, October of last year, you know, we, we'd known that we were going to take it off. Um, and so, yeah, our, we, like we waited as long as possible to make the decision to not go out to Phoenix, um, over that week. And we ended up, like I said, it was just, yeah, it, it wasn't because of the coronavirus. It was, you know, we had the time off. We were ready to do it. And so we just found somewhere that we could go and just spend time together, you know, our, our nuclear family, our, our, our five, and just, you know, get away for a few days. Um, at, like I said, at that point, it had only been a few weeks, and I think um, it was kind of affecting um, Aaron a little bit. And, like, for me, I wasn't really feeling it then. I am now to an extent, um, and like Aaron's noticed a change in like my demeanor and things like that. And, um, cause t- like I said, typically I'm up, I'm out of the house by like 5, 15 in the morning, at least I was before all this. And now it's, you know, if I get up at 630, I get up at 630, you know? Um, but no, like we, other than that, we really haven't, um, Aaron and Molly have gone for a drive here and there, um, just to drive. Um, get out of the house for a while. They're not just necessarily going anywhere, you know, going to a store or anything like that. They're just getting out of the house. Um, but I will say that you know we've been trying to get the kids kids out of the house during the day. At least go for you know try to go for a walk every day if we can. Um, and one thing I will say that has been positive, even though the the kids can't go to the the playground that's about a block away. They've been playing outside a heck of a lot more Good. Um, than they did last year, um, and I think something that has to do with the fact that like it's really not as hot as it yeah. was last year. We still haven't turned on our swamp cooler. I've got to do that this weekend. Um, I, I, Aaron wanted to do it like two weeks ago. My sister said, "Look, there's going to be another cold snap. I, I guarantee you, it happens every year. We turn on the swamp cooler, flip off, the, turn off the heat." And there's gonna mm-hmm. be a cold snap. Sure enough, you know it was what last week. It got back yep. down to the 40, got back down to the 40s, and so
1: there, there was one morning that it was 27 here at my house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely feel you there. Yeah, the playing outside. So our son's played outside. He always, I mean, he loves to play outside. The three year old. Um, but we noticed an added like right around two weeks of him not going anywhere. We noticed him having a bit more of an attitude and Mm -hmm. uh, so now with Allie working he has been going to the grandparents house Uh, both my mom her mom and my wife's grandparents um, have all watched him watch them both uh, here and there the last two weeks Um, but he still seems like he's used to going to the store he's used to going to the zoo he's used to going to explore to the park, uh, we try to get out and do something as a family like that, you know, once a week uh, during non-corona corona times. So we have taken him. There's a trailhead south of here um, on the west side of the Monzanos that I didn't know about until like six months ago. Uh, we did go out there once, uh, probably like through a little over two weeks ago. Um, and went for a little hike, and he had a Zeke had a blast. And then just this past Saturday, there's a river park here in Las Lunas that uh, I wasn't sure if it'd be very busy or not. But we went, and uh, we walked oh for probably two hours. Ended up stopping down by the river. We took the dog. The dog jumped in the river. Had a good old time, um, and we didn't see a soul once we got like out past the trailhead entryway there. So we've had to do, we've done a few things to leave the property and have some fun with all four of us, uh, not cooped up in the house and not just in our yard. Um, and I think that's been good for not only us, but the boys as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Is there, uh, a... I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Cloudcroft thing, uh, because, I, I didn't want to out you and mention it without you wanting to mention it, but I, I don't see a problem there. I don't, uh, I mean, you can, some people might look at it as, uh, as a, as a little, little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Selfish. Yeah. Selfish or, or not safe or whatever you want to call it. But with what you guys did, I mean, it, you were still practicing social distancing. You just weren't at home. That's all it was. (laughs) Um, And and honestly, if, if I had the means to do it, you know, we would, we would do it one of these weekends. We actually have a cabin down by daddle, uh, which is in the kind of central, central east part of the state, kind of just west of Socorro and Magdalena. Um, the, my grandparents have a cabin out there that we have access to, and we've been threatening to go out there through all of this, and we just haven't. Uh, but I think we're going to take, you know, depending on how much longer this goes, uh, we'll take a weekend uh, and go out there. I might take a day off work and and sneak out there um, that first weekend of May or something like that if we're still in this. Uh, what do you think? How long do you think this is going to go on? When when are we? Is there? I, I felt like there's been a light at the end of the tunnel recently, um, just because I feel like it's kind of calmed down, the hysteria behind it, but at the mm-hmm. same time, um, who knows? I, I I have no idea, but I I would like to think that we're at least going to start opening stuff back up, at least at minimal capacity relatively soon, but what do you think?
0: Well, I definitely agree with you that the hysteria seems to have started dying down, or at least, or at the very least, places like Sam's have kind of understood the ne- the new supply and demand model for things such as toilet paper hmm. because we were able to get some on Saturday when we were there. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of both. Um, if the I, I was watching the news earlier and they had part of the press con- the daily press conference from. Uh, our governor today, who said that um, that they're looking at phasing in to to reopening things, but that the state is still lagging behind the necessary number of tests per day in order for them to feel you know comfortable with that. I think um, they said like the the goal is three thousand tests per day or thirty five hundred tests per day, something like that, to get through. But the state is only getting through like two thousand tests a day. And so, you know, it's – I think there are signs there that it could possibly – things could start possibly reopening. Now, I certainly hope that we don't go the way of Georgia. Uh, I love my home state, but the governor has decided to open up places such as movie theaters and restaurants, gyms, and hair salons as the first places, which I think is a pretty dumb move if you ask me. Um, I can't imagine going to a movie theater while this is all still going on, sitting in a room with up to a hundred other people.
1: Well, I so I I understand uh, concern there, but when you see the groups of people that are gathering at Walmart, Sam's Club, Home Depot, all that, why wouldn't a movie theater at thirty percent capacity? Um, why? How would that be different than? than your Walmart's and your Sam's clubs when there's lines and lines of people to get in You know what I mean? Like why? Oh, yeah. Just- no, I,
0: I completely, yeah, I completely understand that. And, and I'm sure that there will be some sort of, you know, guideline or, you know, uh, capacity restriction. Um, I just think it's from a general public's point of view. I mean, how many people are going to go to a restaurant and, and want to sit down after this? I'm sure there will be some people, but you are you know, it's still, I think for some people, it's, you're going to be in close quarters with the people that you don't know. You don't know if they've tested positive. You don't know, you know, if they're asymptomatic, things like that. So I think there's still going to be a fear there among the general public. Um, But, I mean, I, you know, I agree that the, the economy needs to open back up. I think people need to go back to work. I think, um, I definitely think that, there are things that need to be done. Like progress has to be made somewhere. But until I mean, I, you know, I try to. I try, I've been trying to read as much as I can. And there was an article today. I think it was today that came out in, where the, in which the CDC director says we may see even worse conditions come this winter. Especially, and I think that if mm-hmm. places open up too soon, or if testing isn't in place, or treatments aren't in place, then that's absolutely right. So, I mean, there's different ways to look at it, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think that there is there is going to be a general fear even once things do start to open back up. But you know, the the state is talking about these different guidelines and where they where they need to be, and we're not there yet. So, you know, it, it's really hard to say what's going to happen. So on
1: the on the subject of fear and people fearing to get into. Public places, even when it's deemed okay, quote unquote, to do it. Um, let me ask you a question. Uh, so, Bill Simmons uh, of The Ringer, formerly of ESPN, um, kind of known as the Pod Father, um, he's been doing podcasts for, you know, 15 years now. Um, he had a thought, this was weeks ago when all this first started, um, how even if they open up sporting events to fans, uh, in the next six months, you know, what kind of sales, what kind of ticket sales would there actually be because of the fear? So I'm going to, I'm going to tailor a question specifically for our other podcast and our other uh, life that we have with United um, say we start playing again in June. Um, so we have a month or so more of this, more of, of this. And they, and we do open it up to fans what would the atten- What do you think the attendance numbers would be like at the lab for, for those that aren't uh, soccer fans? We averaged about twelve, 000, a little over twelve thousand last year per match. Um, the highest being fifteen thousand and twenty three or something like that. Um, we broke fifteen thousand a couple times. Uh, we led the league in attendance by quite a wide margin. Do you think that would hold up? Do you think we would get anywhere near those numbers? If they were, if and this isn't this isn't saying the club was restricting the numbers of tickets available. This was the ticket. All the tickets are available. Everything's open full bore now. Would fear keep them from getting those numbers again?
0: For would a time, I think so. I mean, I would, I would go yes. But you and I also have the the luxury of being able to be away from. The general public, the large groups. Yeah. 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 We, because of our, our press status, our media status, you know, we can, we could, we will be able to go up into the press box where there's only, you know, a handful of people and we wouldn't be down. You know, it's hard to say As, as a sports fan, I would absolutely love to be there, but from a, from a public health and safety standpoint, I don't think I would and uh, there are there are studies that are being done there was an article that came out uh, i think it was last week week before i don't know if you saw it but in an interview they this interview said that 7 i think it was like 70% of those surveyed would not attend a sporting event unless there was a vaccine available now and i and i don't know if you saw the latest um There's an interview that – or an AMA that Jake Edwards, president of the USL, did Mm. last week. Where He came out and said they're now eyeing a July start for the league. So – and I think – I don't know, maybe that's even optimistic. I mean, look at uh, Premier League. Premier League is now less than 30 days from when the end of the season would have typically happened. And so I think no matter when it opens back up, I think there's going to be a decrease in attendance – Across the board, no matter what sport it is or what what the event is, I mean, yes, people are going to want to get out. You're going to have people show up, but I don't think you're going to see the same crowds that you did before until uh, the public at large sees that there is either widespread legitimate treatment availability for COVID-19 or vaccine available. And I think that's going to be pushing it into the next year, even before yeah. you know a vaccine is available, and even even treatment. At this point, there's no like set treatment or no p- truly proven treatment for this virus.
1: Yeah, I I hear you. I understand it. I don't think attendance would be near what it was, and selfishly, I can say I would still be there even if we didn't have press seats, even if we weren't, I mean, I don't even watch in the press box half the time or more than half the time. The the match I'm up on the balcony and I'm basically by myself the majority of the time. But even if I was down in the supporter section or in the fans, in my season tickets that I had last year, uh, I think I'd still be there. Um, If it, if everything got opened back up, I, I think I would still be there. And that's, that's part of part of me just being a sports fanatic and loving New Mexico United and, and loving the atmosphere and, and the team and everything like that. But a large part of it is kind of what, uh, what's kept me kind of not scared of this, uh, for the most part. And it's a, it's a topic that we have coming up, uh, whenever we get back to our regularly regularly scheduled topics. Um, and that's my uh, faith in Jesus Christ, and and my religion. Um, that you know, if if I'm meant to get sick, I'm going to get sick. If I'm not meant to get sick, I'm not going to get sick. Um, if any of my family gets sick, he'll protect them. And if he doesn't, uh, that's his reason. That's his will, and and I'll live with that and uh, move on. So I I'm tired to an extent of. Uh, the fear mongering type stuff that the media and the country as a whole has kind of put out there um, to where it's not, I'm not saying to go just live your life as you would before all this happened, but you can't, I, I can't, I personally can't let the fear control me to where, you know, I'm, not leaving my house for weeks on end for any circumstances. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to live my life that way. Um, so when it comes to sports uh, in a situation like that, I would go, I would take precautions. I'd wash my hands more. I'd have hand sanitizer. I would try like hell not to touch my face, even though uh, I've learned through all this that I touch my face constantly. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. one thing that COVID has taught me is that uh, I touch my face nonstop basically. Um, so I would take those precautions and, and try my hardest not to, um, spread it by being careless in that situation. But I would put myself in that situation and then take precautions from there. Um, just because I'm not, I'm not going to sit at home and, and, uh, live in a little bubble. I'm just not, uh, and some people might hear this and think that it's uh, selfish or um, immature or childish or whatever you want to call it, and I understand that. I, I do. I, I, uh, I think that of myself sometimes through all this, um, but I have come to the decision that I'm just not going to do that, so um, I'm not going to go and protest my freedoms um, despite how I feel. Uh, Like people all over the country have done the last couple days or week or whatever it has. Um, But I, when I feel it's safe enough to a point where that stuff opens back up and I can go, then I'm going to go. I'm not going to sit at home in fear because of that. And, And do you, do you have, a problem with that thought process, not like a problem, like you want to fight, but how do you feel about that thought process? Like, do you understand that thought process or do you think it is selfish? Uh, Cause if you do, by all means, tell me, I, I can take it. Uh, but what do you
0: think? No, I completely understand it. You know? Um, and like I said, you know, it, even for me, it's been a struggle to be at home. The, the longer that I'm here, you know, I do feel uh, the longer that I don't have, that we don't have the normal, you know, atmosphere around us, you know, sports and events and all that kind of stuff, you know, kids aren't going to school, you know, the, the, the more it does start to work now I'm not afraid of this. It's not something that I've been, you know, panicking about or anything. You know, I've tried to take as many precautions as I, as I possibly can. Um, and, and I completely understand where you're coming from. If it was just me, if I didn't have my wife and kids, if I didn't have all of that to worry about, um, then ab- I would absolutely be there as well. Mm. You know, my concern is, you know, again, it, it's what you know happened the other day at, at Walmart. You know, the people that aren't taking the precautions, you know, and the possibility of me catching and it, bringing it home to my wife and kids, or um, my folks uh, wanted to, wanted us to buy tickets to fly out to Georgia here in about um a month and a half or so and tickets were like eighty nine dollars one way from from you know a direct i think it might have been a, a layover a direct flight i don't know but from yeah you know, from here to atlanta it was like eighty nine dollars one way which was absolutely insane we could have flown our entire family round trip for you know a thousand dollars basically right but the concern was you know uh, you know, I lost my, I lost one of my grandmothers in, in the late, in the end of last year. Um, given the, the, the travel restrictions, given the fact, you know, I do have family that works, you know, in the hospital there in Atlanta. Um, you know, one of the, you know, uh, one of them is an ICU is, is an ICU nurse, you know, who, who deals with the COVID-19 patients, mm-hmm. you know, on a regular basis. Um, you know, both my parents work, work there. And so it's, you know, if if we go, I know we would see my grandparents, you know? And so the, the, the concern about contracting something, even if I don't develop symptoms of it, then transmitting it to, you know, any of my grandparents, you know, that's of concern. And then, you know, once we do come back again, given the current travel restrictions, we would then have to self-isolate here at home for two weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and so there's all these things that weigh into it and so yeah me as a selfish human being i would love to be at whatever sporting event comes first I, it doesn't matter what it is but i know that for me the health and safety of, of my wife and kids and my family you know that's going to trump all of that and you know i i don't uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think your, your line of thought is, is wrong or, or bad in any sort of way like, I completely understand, you know, and it's definitely not a, it's definitely, you know, my, my concerns are not media driven. It's from, you know, anecdotal stories and seeing, right you know, what I've seen, you know, the way that people are acting. And so, you know, it's, I, I and, you know, it's, it's that health concern. You know, I don't want to uh, risk, you know, the the, the health and well being. You know, because like I said, if if my wife gets sick, she has to self isolate. She can't work for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm here at home. I can work. You know, uh, you know, my kids get sick. Whatever. Um, you know, there's just there's just other concerns that go into it, and so I don't think. I mean, if, if it's deemed safe enough. By by the government, by the government, by the state, you know, if they're willing to to open things back up, then by all means, you know, I don't begrudge anyone that does go at all.
1: Well, and I, to be completely honest, it sporting events with fans isn't happening in 2020, in my opinion. Um, I just I don't I don't see it happening uh, unless there's a vaccine that comes miraculously out of nowhere or uh, at least um, nationwide quick tests where you can basically walk into any doctor's office and get a test and a result in, you know, 15 minutes. Uh, I don't see games happening with fans in 2020. Uh, Yeah, I I just don't see that. So everything that I've talked about where I would be there is kind of a, a mute point, but that's just, yeah. So do you know who Clay Travis is? I recognize the name. Um, I, when you start talking, I'll probably be like, oh, okay.
0: But. <laughs> so, he, Yeah, he's a, uh, he, he's a conservative radio guy, but he, he does sports coverage. He, okay. he has a, he has a morning radio show here on, I think it's like 937. seven. And so he's based out of Tennessee, big supporter of, of uh, president Trump. Um, he put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago that said sports is roaring back. I'm like, okay. Clay, like I enjoy listening to your show, but in no way is sports roaring back at this point. No, <laughs> all, no. all because um, the PGA had announced they had rescheduled some events for later in the year, and then like some other leagues had said they, oh, hey, we think we're, we're we're putting out a plan. Like baseball doesn't have a plan right now. The only uh, MLS doesn't have a plan. USL doesn't have a plan. NBA is not finishing their season, obviously. NHL will most likely not finish their season. Uh, right now, the only league that's unaffected is the NFL, basically, in terms of what's yeah. actually going to happen. Um, I mean, the XFL has folded, which I think yep. is terrible. But yeah, in, that, I think- you know, in that Jake Edwards interview, you, you mentioned you know, sports were not coming back in, in any sort without fans this year. I mean, Jake Edwards, the president of the USL, he actually said that they are a match day revenue dependent league. And for them to come back, he was talking in response to a question about playing in front of empty, in front of empty stadiums. And he basically said, it's not going to happen that the the USL can't do that. And so I think you're absolutely right. I don't think that we're going to see any sort of sporting event outside of maybe major league baseball or uh, NFL where the TV rights deals provide Enough payment to these clubs. Exactly. That they, they can sustain it. I mean, the yeah, NBA I, I, probably could for the next season, but not finishing this one.
1: So I I actually do think that the NBA has playoffs of some kind, um, played in most likely one city and practice gyms. So, like LA, where there's two teams or something like that, um, practice gyms basically. I don't even think all the playoff teams will come back. I think they'll look at the standings. They'll say, okay, there's, we're going to take four from each conference. We'll have the conference semifinals, the conference finals, and then the championship. Um, So I I do think they squeeze that in. And and I think Major League Baseball will eventually do something. Uh, There was talk here a while back of them doing games in Arizona um, where they basically sequester, sequester, squat Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, everybody in Arizona and play on the multiple uh, spring training fields throughout there. Um, no fans, just play the games. Um, so I think they figure something out there. But yeah, I, I can totally see why U.S. the U.S.L. especially is you know match day revenue dependent because they don't have a huge TV rights deal. Um, not every team. In fact, the majority of teams are not like New Mexico United in the fact that they sell bukus and bukus of merch. Um. So yeah, it definitely is something that they need the money from the gates to to continue. And if they're not having games in front of fans, then uh, they can't make any money. So I definitely see see the point there, and I think it's just the world as we know it is going to be changed for a lot longer than people are expecting. And, and that is both, um, frustrating and scary and, uh, annoying to an extent, uh, no matter how you feel about, um, the seriousness of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, I do have a, a cousin that is a nurse uh, at UNM hospital. Um, and I, I basically don't read the media, or read or watch any media for the most part on any of this i just look to her and see what she's saying and how things are going as far as local local cases here in new mexico um and she's definitely a proponent of social distancing and and staying staying away and staying home and uh doing this and that's why i'm frustrated but still willing and and will happily do it uh because I know it means that her safety and her well being um and her sanity working in the hospital is is kind of saved but it's it's gonna be crazy um if you don't have anything to respond right away to what I just said, I had a couple questions that I wanted to ask you uh kind of wrapping up here um yes, if if you're talking to the dads out there specifically, um, that are in your situation where they're home, um, with multiple kids, presumably, even if it's just one kid, uh, and maybe their significant other is working some like yours is, or maybe everybody's home, um, and not going out at all. Do you have any, uh, tips or, or, uh, things to avoid or anything like that, that you think could help some of our listeners kind of, kind of get through this with their sanity still intact?
0: Um. Yeah. One thing I can suggest is you know, during the first few weeks of this, uh, really before the kids started going back to school is we made the mistake of, mistake of basically just letting them watch TV and play video games all day. And it became an issue. Um, so one of the things that we we've started doing, we've realized that, you know, you know, I mean, one of the problems that we've had for a while is that Logan has not slept through the night in basically like six months. Um, yeah, he he'll get up at some point either with a nightmare or whatever, um, and so we're we're now trying something where we're changing up our bedtime routine a little bit. Typically, what we do is we, we lay down, and watch a Minecraft video. And then last night we were sitting up and we heard him like basically crying and yelling, saying stuff about Minecraft. That uh, were well, two nights ago, and so last night we we went to bed. We had him watch a different video. We read some books, no Minecraft at all yesterday during the day. Now I I don't mind him watching the videos. You know, I think that he learns a lot. He likes playing Minecraft, but he slept through the night last night for the first time in months. Nice. And so I definitely think that one of the things that we found is changing those habits, you know, don't let the kids just sit around and veg all day. Um, Really with all three of them, you know, Molly does her schoolwork and then she likes to go get on her phone and do whatever. Even then we're trying, okay, don't, you can't be on your phone all the time. You know, you can't be playing video games. You can't be watching TV. So we're encouraging them to, or we're making more of a concerted effort to, like I said earlier, go for a walk Mm -hmm. every day if we can. Um, Get some of that energy out. Um, When the weather's nice, the boys have been playing out in the backyard. Um, A lot more. And so I think that's helped. And so I, I think that's one big thing. You know, Limit the screen time. Get them doing something constructive. Uh, Aaron went out to Dollar Tree a few weeks ago. Um, they were actually limiting that people in the stores long before the state was. Yeah. And so she bought, she grabbed a whole bunch of like little dollar activities, like bubble wands and activity books and things like that, things to get them off of the devices, away from screens, all that kind of stuff, and get them engaged. And so That's I think yeah. that,
1: that yeah, that definitely does. I I know with Zeke, um, we haven't we haven't been in your guys' situation with somebody being home all day with them and them not being able to go anywhere, but. Um, even tonight, uh, before we got on the call, before we put him to bed, um, he was on his tablet watching, uh, I think YouTube videos, um, and you know, our show episode finished, um, it was time to go to bed. I said, okay, we got to put it away and he lost it, just lost mm-hmm. it, uh, cause he didn't want to get rid of it. So, so we definitely, even non COVID times tried to limit, um, the amount of time he's on his tablet. Um, and and for those of you out there going, why does he have a tablet if he's three and you don't want him to, well, I didn't get him the tablet for one. My mom did. Um, and exactly. I see you You're agreeing over there. Uh, so since his grandma got it for him, um, we and and to be honest, it has its pluses. There are times when I'm just like, okay, dude, I can't handle this. Here's your tablet, watch your videos, relax, just chill. But um, definitely limiting that amount of time um, in some way, shape or form uh, definitely helps. And I found that like the best way to limit it without him throwing a fit is to get him off of it by doing something with him. Do like go outside and play with him, play hide and go seek inside with him. Um, do something that captures his imagination and his energy and, and does something fun with it. Um, for those of you that are in uh, more of my situation, uh, where you're still working, um, maybe both you and your wife are working, who knows? Um, my advice is, uh, to try and one thing that's helped me through all of it is is I've been able to focus more on my family uh, because I don't have the distractions of do you want to go out to eat and you know when we got to eat we're on our phones quite a bit or it's not as communal as like f- eating dinner here at the table. Um, I don't have the distraction of checking scores because sports aren't happening right now. I don't have the distraction of uh, th- there's just It's limited my distractions, uh, which has been a good thing. And instead of... There are times when I find myself filling those holes in where I would be looking at highlights or scores or um, doing something like this where I've downloaded games on my phone and I use those to kind of veg out and and ignore my family, as terrible as that sounds. Um, And I have to limit those. So I know that... Uh, you know, if we're, if you're still out there and you're still working and you're still coming home, you know, working at eight to five and, um, coming home and needing some time to relax and, and decompress, uh, I, I understand that fully and, and you definitely need that little bit of time, but don't let it take over the whole evening, um, Make sure that, you know, you're, especially with the weather that we've had lately, aside from those few days last week, early last week, you know, uh, make sure you go outside with them, have spend some quality time with them, um, check in on your wife, uh, make sure she's doing okay. Um, cause this is all hitting people differently, uh, and it's affecting everybody, um, a little bit differently. And, and, you know, some people are good at hiding, uh, if it's weighing them down, I know I cracked, Ooh, when was that? A week or so ago, I think it was a week ago. Because last Monday is when we had the snow um, yeah. up in Albuquerque, and it was—I think it was the day after that—where I I finally had to break down and be like, "I'm I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I I my vices are church or my outlets for stress and stuff like that that have come with living a daily life or living a normal life. You know, my r- avenues of Decompressing our church, sports, and golf, um, like actually going and playing golf and then watching sports and going to United games and then going to church and being involved. And all three of those have been taken away during this. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people that have lost a lot more, lost loved ones' lives, everything like that. I'm just talking from a personal standpoint. And for those of us that, aren't in the situation where it's hitting us a little bit harder personally with family being lost and stuff. Uh, If you're just uh, an everyday guy and you haven't had anybody get sick near you, um, that's close to you. uh, And you don't have those vices or outlets to decompress and relax and stuff. um, It's been really hard. And I finally broke down and told my wife, you know, I'm going to go to the river park here in Las Lunas by myself and just go for a small walk while she was going to pick up the kids. And, um, and that helps. So, so be active with your family and everything like that. But I still understand that if you need that time to decompress from work and the stresses, and especially like if you're out there working like frontline jobs, like in the hospital, you definitely have to decompress and relax and, kind of get over everything because I know your he- lives are hectic over there. So um, make sure you find something that you can take care of yourself with, whether it's, you know, watching a movie uh, by yourself in the room or going for a walk or something like that. Uh, even if it's something that you normally wouldn't do during non COVID times, uh, definitely reach out and, and, and uh, if you have any questions, or if you just need to talk to somebody and you don't really have anybody to talk to, you know, uh, you can email us um Seth at dadventuresmedia.com, Jacob at dadventuresmedia.com. Um find us on social media um all over the place and, and reach out to us. We'd be glad to help. Uh but I wanted to kind of leave this podcast if it, um if it's all right with you. I want uh, to see if you had any funny, lighthearted stories uh, from anything that's happened um over over the last two or three weeks since we've recorded last or even before that, since this COVID time. Uh, and if you need a minute to try to think of something, I've got uh, a couple that have happened to me recently that uh, I think uh, some people, especially family or dads of toddlers might get a kick out of.
0: Well, I, actually I do have one. I don't know if awesome. it's actually like, funny or um or, or humorous or anything. So it's not at all what I asked asked for. It's not 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 at all what I asked for, but it might be. be. So we we went on our trip and uh, we, we got the directions, you know, from the person on the property. And so we were going down there and we plugged in the the destination to Google maps, you know? And so Google says, okay, take this, take this road. We're like, okay, you know, it looks to be a little bit, you know, shorter, like maybe, you know, 45 minute shorter drive. And so we go, we take the turn, and it's paved for a little while. And they told us, oh, okay, it's going to be a paved road for a while, for most of it. And then once you get into the town, it's going to be like a dirt road. We're like, okay, it's it's well-maintained, and that's going to be fine. Get to the end of the pavement, and of course, it's a dirt road. It looks in fairly decent shape. But okay, well, but it's going back through, like, the woods. And so the farther and farther we get, then we're starting to realize, okay, this is not the road that they were talking about this is actually like a state trail through the woods. I mean, it's it's a road quote unquote road through the woods. And the farther we're getting into it, really there's snow on the ground. (laughs) Nice. And And you you have a car, right? Just a regular like sedan. Well, not anymore. So I I don't know if I mentioned it, but we actually, we traded in our cars. You did mention that, but I didn't know what you ended up getting. So Aaron ended up getting a, uh, a Kia Sorento, which is uh, an SUV, something she's okay. had before. All right. gotcha. we, we took that, you know, okay. because it, it's bigger than the car that I got. And anyway, we get to a few points and we're like, okay, we're not, you know, we're not sure about the uh, the, the the safety of the road. But by this point, there's nowhere for us to go. Like I said, it's like, it, it's marked on the map as a road. Google Maps has it as a road. There's nowhere for us to go. We can't back up. We can't turn around. We just have to go through this. <laughs> and so it's different in different places. There's snow is like six or eight inches deep. And you can see the trails where other cars where other people have gone. A Jeep actually went around this at one point before we got to this. And so you could see where they had gone through the road. And so... We're just like praying and holding on for a dear life because if we just were to slip off one side, we're going to go off back into the woods, you know, and who knows what could happen at that point. And so it takes us, and we're telling the kids, kids just do not say a word, be absolutely quiet. <laughs> and so Aaron throws it in the four and the four wheel drive. And after an extended period of time, we're, we're finally like, okay, we finally get through it you know like we're slipping and sliding and and at one point like we start to like slide off like off to the side a little bit but you know Aaron stops us gets us straightened back you know kind of straightened back out a little bit and we end up, we get up, end up getting through it i don't i don't know why it was so snowy in this one patch maybe we just wouldn't get enough sunlight or whatever but we finally get through it and we're like, okay, we are not taking that road on the way back. No way. Right? Okay, we got to email this, you know, email the owner of this property and say, look, you've got to tell people do not take the Google Maps suggested route <laughs> on how to get here. So, no, it was a little bit of an off-road adventure, um, a little nerve-wracking at times trying to get through there, but no, we, we got it. And we're fine. On when we were leaving, I we said, okay, we're not doing that. We're just going to follow this one road all the way back out. And uh, everything was fine on the way back. Uh, actual like paved road and all that kind of stuff. But
1: yeah, okay, no, it definitely
0: a, a harrowing tale, you know, on our, on our vacation. So
1: Yeah. We've been, uh, we went, uh, we, we decided to drive the backside of the Sandias. This was before COVID. This was probably like back in January. Um, it was a nice sunny day. Uh, we knew that up on the mountain it had snowed and still probably had snow, but I didn't know how the roads were going to be. So we were in the Kia in our little Kia Rio, um, little tiny car, um, that does terrible in any kind of weather. Uh, and we decided to go up the backside of the Sandias and we got, uh, just a little ways up there and snow started kind of showing up on the road a little bit and we're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Well, I drove all the way to the ski resort somehow, Uh, but for the last, like, two miles of that, it was snow-packed and icy and uh, white-knuckling it the whole way up there. So I feel you there. And as far as Google Maps goes, so going to the trailhead that's down here south of of us uh, over towards Belen, uh, you got to go back behind Valencia High School and that way. And if you take the Google Maps suggested route it takes you to private property with locked gates. Uh, oh. So you can you can get through one side of it and you can get all the way to where you can see the road that you're supposed to be on to get to the trailhead. Mm-hmm. But you can't get to that road, even though it's right there because there's a locked gate right there. Um, I luckily did not do that. I did some independent research outside of Google Maps and realized that that was the case from other people saying it. So I found it a different way. Uh, so we never dealt with that. But I saw exactly where it leads out and where people were talking about. Uh, so Google Maps in rural areas, not the best. I, I love them in the city. They're great in the city. Rural areas, uh, it might need to research that a little bit more. But um, I,
0: I know you work here in town a little bit and uh, kind of a, a tangent to, to all this. So you, you know, if you live here in Albuquerque or really in the state, you know that they've been doing a lot of construction on Central with the whole art project and all that kind of stuff. And basically, you can't turn left down half of Central anymore. Google Maps does not know this. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so especially like when I'm driving on the weekends, like you go out and Google is telling you. If I I, I try to avoid Central whenever I can, just because mm. it's downtown. Because it's Central. <laughs> Yeah, just because it's central, and then you know the college and all that right there. I try to avoid it as much as I can, but yeah, Google Maps does not know that you cannot turn left. So, matter which way you're going on Central, you know, like if you're trying to get like Slice Parlor or where you know uh, what's it called, the Pokey Pokey is now. You know, yeah, the, you know they're they're on the south side of Central. If you're going west, you cannot turn left at certain points, and so yeah, Google Maps you are not trusted anymore. I do not <laughs> like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tell you, I will. I will still use Google Maps over Apple Maps a uh, hundred times out of hundred. But the Google Maps has had some hiccups lately. Um, I've got two stories involving my oldest, real quick, before we get out of here, uh, that have happened in the last one just happened last night. Was it last night? I think it was last night. So for whatever reason, he didn't want to go to bed in his room. Um, so me always. Allie always gets the cuddles and I, I I never do so Allie was already like half asleep last night and he came in the room and was didn't want to go back to bed so I just come here and you can lay with me uh, on my side of the bed and we'll call we'll you can go to sleep so he comes he lays down I fall asleep I assumed he fell asleep then I woke up in the middle towards the middle like early early morning like two or three in the morning uh, and he wasn't on the bed anymore and I had no idea where he was, so I look, and our dog sleeps on a pillow on my side of the bed by the closet, and then there's like a pile of pillows and a couple coats that have fallen off the last couple days of my little night stare, my ottoman thingy that's over there, Uh, and I look, and my son's just curled up in a little ball right next to the dog, basically, on the floor, and I have no (laughs) idea... I have no idea how he got there. I, because I'm assuming that if he fell off the bed, we I would have hurt him because our bed's fairly tall and then my dresser is right up against my head. Um, so, had he just rolled, he would have hit his head on the dresser. So, I don't know if he made a conscious decision to just be like, you know what? I'm not sleeping on the bed. I'm not comfortable. I'm going to curl up on a little ball on the floor with no blanket. I don't know what happened, but he just was curled up on, like, I would have stepped on him. Had I not realized where he was. Um, and it's amazing how kids just. They just show up in the middle of the night. In random places. In my house at least. Well he does anyways. The oldest one. Or the younger one we have. Locked in a crib. Uh, not locked in a crib. But he can't get out of the crib. Relax people. Um, but he'll just like show up in our bed. In the middle of the night. He'll show up in the living room. In the middle of the night. He just randomly appears. Um, but. We're also potty training him and knock on wood. It's gotten so much better in the last like week and a half. Very few accidents. Um, (laughs) But because we're not in church right now, uh, a lot of us, we're all doing zoom meetings uh, for the different ministries. So we were on, I was on the men's ministry one, ooh, two weeks ago. And I'm walking around outside with my phone, talking to the guys and my son's out there playing. And uh, he comes to me and he's like, Dad, can I go pee in the grass? I'm like, sure, buddy, go go ahead, go pee in the grass. Uh, Never mind. And he just keeps running around. And then he comes to me like two minutes later, Dad, I'm going to poop in the grass. I was like, no, you can't poop in the grass. You can pee in the grass. I don't care, but you can't poop in the grass. Let's go to the bathroom. He's like, no, I'm fine. And he just keeps running around. And then I can see him. So I have the phone in front of my face and he's behind me. So I can see my picture on the screen and I can see him running behind me. And then he just stops dead in his tracks and goes, dad, I'm peeing. And I'm like, pull your pants down then. And he's like, nope, too late. So I look and pee's dripping out the bottom of his shorts and it's just a disaster. So I'm on this conference or on this Zoom meeting trying to deal with this kid who just peed his pants, trying to just tell him, walk to the house and mom will take care of you. Uh, but he decides that he's going to pull his pants and underwear down to his ankles and then try to walk to the house. This doesn't work very well. Um, and I'm laughing, trying to focus on, you know, we're right wrapping up the meeting. We're about to pray. I'm laughing at my son. Everybody's asking me what's going on. So I just pan the camera over to my son who's walking through the grass with his pants around his ankles with two golf clubs in his hand. Um, butt naked, just hanging out, walking around going, uh, <laughs> I'm, this is fine. This is normal. Um, I'm just a kid. I don't know what was going through his head, but uh, I'm so glad that we've gotten to the point where he's he had he had one tiny little turd in his underwear today that came out of nowhere. Well, I didn't come yeah. out of nowhere. I obviously know where it came from, <laughs> but, but like <laughs> I don't I don't know why it was just one little turd. Uh, but other than that. Uh, we haven't really had any incidences with him uh, in the last week and a half or so, uh, for the most part. So he's finally, I guess, starting to get the hang of it and um, going by himself. He The other two days ago, Saturday, I think it was actually, he just disappeared. And uh, we're like, where'd Zeke go? And then you hear the toilet go, and he comes running out all happy. And He's like, I want yeah. to pee pee in the potty chair. And we're like, good, man. Because usually we like have to see that he needs to go and then say, son, do you need to go potty? And he'll be like, yeah. And then he'll, we'll be like, okay, let's go. And we'll take him in there. And then once we get him in there and he's wants to go, then we just let him go and he can take care of himself. But he, that was the first time that I remember him just like playing and then disappearing, going to the bathroom and then coming back and playing like it was nothing. And I was so happy. So very happy.
0: Yeah. That's really awesome. Like it really is when they do that. And like, like yeah, I, I know the struggles. Like we went through. Uh, even now, Logan, like we, still, Logan's hasn't had an accident. In I don't even know how long, but he still just kind of waits as long as humanly possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we, we we know when he has to go. And occasionally he'll fight on it just because he doesn't want to stop what he's doing or whatever. But yeah, I know it, it's a really awesome. Thing. Like the only thing left for him to do, and like. So we're 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 slowly he slowly stopped telling us that he has to go. Occasionally he still does, but the last thing is just to get him to wipe his own butt. Um, you know. But other than that, like he 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 does he does really well. So yeah, Zeke's I, I really not. Don't know where you are coming from?
1: <laughs> Zeke's not close to wiping his own butt, but uh, he uh he at least is getting to where he's not going in his underwear anymore, which is really yeah. nice. The other night, man, he for like three hours, I could tell he had to pee. Like, he did the telltale, grabbing himself, kind of hopping around a little bit, and I was like, you need to go potty? No. 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 No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Wouldn't go. Wouldn't go. And finally, we were, I looked over, and he was like crying, because he has to pee, and he's holding himself, and hopping up and down, and I was like, son, do you have to go to the bathroom? And he was like, no! Just screaming. So I finally just picked him up and, hold his butt to the body pulled down his pants and had him stand up and pee and he peed and afterwards I was like didn't you didn't don't you feel so much better and he was like yeah and I was like okay and actually like looking back now hindsight I think that's about when he finally started not having accidents and not really holding it so I think that might have been a wake-up call for him like oh I don't have to be in pain (laughs) I can just go pee and be happy um and then I, I don't have to go pee and get in trouble for going to my pants. I can just go pee in the potty and get celebrated and cheered and everybody's happy. Uh, so I think that might've been a turning point, which would be nice, but I think that's all I got for tonight, man. Um, yeah. is so, so glad talking again. So glad getting on and doing this, uh, uh, catching up a little bit. Um, when we have busy weeks like that, it's hard to keep in touch, uh, with all this going on, especially like before all this hit, we were supposed to try to meet up and have a family get together, which never happened. And then we were supposed to, I've been wanting to meet uh, with you just in person, just to hang out in person um, even before all this stuff hit. So, um, but it's nice after, you know, three weeks, I think it's been three weeks. Uh, I, I think this is our first one in April, actually. The last one we recorded, I think was March 31st. So um, yeah. So it's, it's it's good to catch up and, and uh, talk to you and see you on Skype here and and reach out to the listeners and be able to give you guys some content out there. And I hope that uh, this one was, was good. We kind of tried to keep it a little more loose, a little less uh, structured, didn't really have a topic uh, after three weeks. And with the world that we live in, we kind of felt like we needed to just chat and just talk and just get it all out there. So um, any closing thoughts, Seth?
0: Uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, we, we, we were trying to get together and get the families. Aaron and I were just talking about that, about that the other day. And, you know, once all this is, is done and over with, and, you know, they say it's safe to go back out and congregate and things like that, we're definitely going to do that. I think a lot of people are going to do that. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think this has been trying on a lot of people and everyone's adapting the best that they can and. You know, yeah, like you said, you know, even in the middle of all this, you know, you, you try to retain some sense of normalcy and, you know, definitely catching back up and talking has been has been good. And um, I do have one final question for you before we do get out of here. I know I, re- I really haven't asked a whole lot of questions tonight, but the Patriots <laughs> traded to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They did Does come back for twenty twenty one
1: i am this is I said this when Tom Brady signed with us um this is how I know the world's gonna end before football season starts man um i am I'm both uh excited and then as a lifelong books fan, you're always a little bit pessimistic uh just because other than the one year that we won the super Bowl um back in I think two thousand and two uh it's been. 18 years of heartache and, um, hard luck and everything like that. So I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm, I, I think Gronk, uh, with, um, a year off, hopefully has is healthy. Uh, hopefully he was taking care of himself. I know it's Gronk. So, um, he has well, a, you know,
0: he is a champion right now.
1: He is, he is, um, and I expect him to maintain that uh, through his career with the Bucs. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less than that. Um, but I, I I think he's got uh, some left to give. I think Brady's got some left to give, even if they are aging superstars, they're still superstars. And uh, I think that the offense, anyways, as long as we can get some help on the offensive line, uh, has potential to be freaking amazing uh, with the weapons that we have for Brady and having Brady. Um but as a um falcons fan which really just should just i just i don't know why i talked to you uh as a falcons fan but as a falcons fan are you in the camp where you're like oh crap we have to face brady and gronk twice a year now or are you in the camp of they're old they got nothing left and it's still the bucks so who cares
0: so There are two sides to this. One, yes, they are they are old. They are aging. Gronk, you know, could be tackled at any point and pinned on the field to lose his WWE belt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Since he is, of course, you know the I think it's the twenty four seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's that very real possibility. I mean, for all I know, Matt Ryan could be the twenty four seven champion. You know, come October, but. you got to think too that the Bucks' offense, in the hands of Bruce Arians, with uh, with Brady and Gronk and the other weapons that, that, that they you now have, you know they are they are very scary. Um, you know they do, like you said, they do need to work on the offensive line. There's talk that the Falcons may be trading up into the top ten. Uh, we'll see whether or not that happens. Uh, we definitely have some concerns on the defensive side of things. Uh, we made some changes to the offensive line. I think it would be a good matchup. I think it would.
1: I'm going to try to be um, unbiased here, but I I don't see how trading up for the Falcons is a good idea. uh, Depending on who you get, I don't think if you trade into like the nine position, uh, you're not going to draft a quarterback with Matt Ryan. I don't think, Um, and is you need more than just one defensive. Edge rusher or defensive tackle to really contend, um, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, but that is, oh yeah, no, me. I
0: think we're going. I think we're going secondary. Maybe it's some yeah. coverage on the outside. So, is it is moving up,
1: however many spots, and giving up an extra pick really worth getting a a secondary guy when you can get one probably where you're going to draft now or stock up on a few of them in the, in the later rounds. But I, I'm not a fan of trading up any unless it's for a stud QB. Uh, and even then, uh, it doesn't really work out unless you're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, trading up to get a QB really hasn't worked. I mean, look at the Redskins trading up for RG3, you know, 10 years ago, whenever that was. They gave up a freaking... Treasure trove of picks and things like that, and RG three was with them for three years and then gone. So I'm not a fan of trading up in the first place, let alone for somebody in the secondary or a defensive lineman. So um, I, I think we're gonna beat the crap out of you, uh, both teams. <laughs> um, and and that's that's coming from a place of both uh, sports hatred for the Falcons and optimism for the Bucks. <laughs>
0: it'll definitely be interesting you know i we're definitely not trading up like you said for for a quarterback you know a a really skilled position on the offensive side um there are reports that we're looking at a cornerback possibly um the the guy from either osu or from florida Uh, both of whom are extremely good on the outside and i think that takes away you know a weapon for brady plus we're gonna have keanu neal back we're gonna have a and, impr- and really healthy secondary next season. And I think as long as we can stay healthy uh, and can improve on the outside there, um, I think we're going to give, you know, an, you know, an aging Bucks offense, uh, some issues. So, uh, so it's, only, interesting to see what
1: it's, it's only aging in two spots. Uh, our wide receivers <laughs> and our running back are all very young and very good. Um, so, well We'll have to, we'll have to uh, come back to this uh, little rivalry when the season actually starts and uh, maybe have a, a f- couple friendly wagers on the uh, Falcons-Bucks games. But um, until then, man, uh, hopefully we can get back to this in a couple weeks. Um, another recording maybe even next week. Who knows? Uh, we can talk about that off air um, yeah. and see what the plan is. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Hope that your grandma gets better and uh, nothing uh, serious comes from that and she can make a full recovery. Um, Again, listeners out there, um, subscribe to the podcast. uh, Rate and review it, if you would, on uh, your podcast player of choice. Um, Reach out to us on social media. uh, Email us, like I said. Um, We hope you guys are all doing good. We hope you guys... uh, Keep level heads throughout all this, and um, take care of yourself and your family, and and don't do anything stupid uh, with the restrictions that we have, even if they are frustrating. And uh, just remember, just remember, everybody, uh, keep your head up. Uh, we're going to get through this uh, eventually. Um, and uh, until next time, we'll we'll talk to you later.
0: You've been listening to the Dad Ventures podcast the bi-weekly podcast about our lives as dads. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Angeles, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Fiddoch and Jacob Carroll, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff2 on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using Cleanfeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.